there. This is Dennis Anyone with Dennis Hensley. It's a podcast about making things up and making things happen. I love to talk to creative folks about how they do their thing, keep it going, not go crazy, all of that stuff. This week I'm talking to one of my very favorite creative people, Julie Brown of Medusa Dare to Be Truthful fame, Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, Earth Girls Are Easy, Strip Mall, fun show she did. She pops up in the mismatch game. And she's bringing her show, The Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, the musical, back to the Cavern Club Theater here in L.A. October 13th through the 21st. There's uh, kind of odd showtime, so just go to cavernclubtheater.com to check that out. And then I think she's also taking it to San Francisco later. I don't know if those dates are announced yet, but uh, she's taking it on the road, too. Anyway, before we get to Julie, I want to encourage you to check out DennisAnyone.net. There you can email me, you can uh, see pictures that go with some of the podcasts, and I took um, a picture at Julie's place of a souvenir that she talks about, her favorite souvenir from a job. So I, I'm going to post that at DennisAnyone.net. Also, you can donate to my virtual tip jar. It helps me pay for the little expenses that come up with doing the podcast. I always really appreciate that. I also want to give a shout out to my Patreon page. Um, if you go to patreon.com and look for Dennis Anyone, you can become a Patreon member. There's also the link on the website. You get one bonus episode every month. And the last episode I did was on my birthday. So I got a lot of friends to talk about birthday stories. And there was the range from amazing to like kind of sad and odd and everything from elephants to tampons being thrown at somebody. So we, we ran the gamut, and it's really fun. That's at patreon.com uh, slash Dennis Anyone. All right. Um, that's about it. Without any further ado, I'm going to get to the podcast. Here is Julie Brown. Hey there. I'm coming to you from the Los Angeles home of one of my favorite people. Oh, Julie thank Brown. You. Thank you, Dennis. Actress, Hi. comedian, writer, producer, director. Everything. A lot Mother. of stuff. Mother. Yeah. Uh, you also are bringing back a show that I loved when I saw it the first time, Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun, the musical. Yes, we're bringing it back because it, it was so much fun, and um, there's a couple reasons. Um, we're going to do it in San Francisco because, do you know Heclina? No. Oh, he's uh, he's wonderful. He runs a club, this amazing club in San Francisco called Oasis. Okay. And he asked us to bring it there, and so we're practicing now and we're going to do that in February. Love it. So you're going to take the whole gang up there? Or? Yeah, except we're probably going to um, have to cast one or two people up there because sure. of the whole housing thing. Yeah. So that means, which is crazy, I haven't really thought this through, but we're going to probably have to go up and audition people and work with them. That'll be so it, fun. It'll be fun though. I think it'll be really fun for the local audience yeah. who is mostly comes to this, you know, right. and they'll be like, and there's a lot of really amazing drag queens up there that can do it. So we just have to get the right part and the right person. I love it. Yeah. That'll be great. It'll be really so you're fun. doing it here first, bringing it back here, reviewing yeah, it. Yeah, to review it. And For also, sure. there's another thing. We were going to do Earth Girls Are Easy right now. Right. Uh, you know, because I've been working on that. But, but you but haven't mounted that yet. No, okay. you haven't. This is going to be like the first reading. Right. But then Dennis, that I'm writing the music with, he was gone all summer doing this theater camp thing. And we would have had to cast it before we had all the music. And Kurt and I just got... Way too nervous about right. that. Kurt Kohler is the director. Kurt Kohler, yeah. yeah. We wrote it, and um, we're we're directing that one together. He directs Homecoming Queen. Yeah. But we just were like, it has to be good. We can't just we can't just throw it together in three weeks. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You got and, you want to do it right. Yeah. So we then we didn't know what to do. So yeah. we had another date for Homecoming Queen. So right. we Flipped him. There you go. Yeah, so it's all kind of working out. It's all working out. It's all working out. Now, both Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun and Earth Girls Are Easy yeah. are from your your first 
sort of EP that I was aware of was yeah. that your, the first thing that you came out with. That was the first thing I came out yeah. with. Yeah. And I, I, and it was, what was the name of the actual EP? It was called Goddess in Progress. Yes. Yeah. I loved it so much. Thank I knew you. every word. Thank you. And these were comedic songs that have sort of, one, Earth Girls Are Easy became a movie. Yeah. Homecoming Queen's Got a Gun is now a musical. And did you ever think that the, they would, they would endure the way they have? No, but no. I mean, I didn't because the thing is, I you just keep doing the next thing, right. right? You don't. I mean, maybe some people think back on their work or look at their stuff, but I never do. And I've kind of thought over the years, like I shouldn't just toss out everything I've already done. Right. So that's kind of how this all, you know, came about. I'm like, there's there's probably a funny musical we can do with that, right? With right. both of those. So I went back and finally put the energy and time. Because you just go, okay, what's the next screenplay? What's the next thing I'm going to write? What am I going to... And um, then you see other people, they have like one idea for their whole life and they right. milk it. And I thought... Vanna I should... White. Yes, yes. I, I support it. I do Turn those letters I, till the bitter fucking end. I don't fault them. But no. at least it made me go, why don't I do a little bit of that? <laughs> yeah, Go exactly. back. And you know, like we want to do Medusa as a web series. I love it. Please right? do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do a Kickstarter campaign and do it as a web series. Because you, you just go, what? I don't have to reinvent the wheel every day. Right. Exactly. It's exhausting. I get it. Right? Yeah. Medusa <laughs> is Medusa Dare to be Truthful. A uh, sort of parody of Truth or Dare, Madonna's yeah. Truth or Dare, that yeah. was on Showtime and right. another classic. I still quote lines from it. Thank made me a you. star. <laughs> what lines do people tell you the that most? That one. Made, made me, a, me star. a star. Well, before Donald Trump came around, it was you're so fired. Yeah. Um, let me see. What are the there's there's a there's like, he's a life wrecker. Even he, he's even affected he's wrecked my your, life. <laughs> wrecked my life. And he's even even that has been. Uh, it worsened, yeah. diminished. It diminished. Um, I'm blanking now, but but there's about there's about eight lines from that people yeah. quote to me. Yeah, you know, I, a lot of times I'll be in a rehearsal or something, and I'll say the show was a technical nightmare. <laughs> That's like right. I use that in context, or right. like I could, right. I could use it here probably if uh, right. uh, if my sound doesn't record right. But um, is it funny to you to be playing a high school character? Yes, it's hilarious. To yeah. Me. And, I mean, thank God it's, you know, campy because we're all not high school people. So it... it, Works for Grease. Yeah. And and it also adds to the level of ridiculousness because when we started working on Homecoming Queen, the musical, I mean, this is the weird thing that shootings, mass shootings were not a thing. That was a ridiculous song. And that's why people thought it was funny. And then, of course, as we know, they've become a thing. Right. I was going to ask about that. And then I sometimes go, oh, maybe I shouldn't sing this song. And then... It makes me, like, people like this song. The song's from another time. So you just have to go, well, screw these, these mass murders. Like, you know, fuck them. Like, why do why does everyone have to change their life for them? Right. right? Exactly. So I'm, I'm going to just sing it anyway. Sing it anyway. Just sing it anyway. Because it, it's the ridiculousness of it is still there. And I don't know. I think it also... Maybe it's cathartic, I hope, you know, because it's ridiculous. Yeah. I can't believe that it's actually a thing that happens. And it reminded me of a homage to some of those, like, 50s and 60s songs, yeah. like Leader of the Pack, that's where, what it, yeah. That's what I took it off You know, on. like, or, where there's a story yeah. and a tragedy and, Right. And yeah. the thing is, it's a girl who goes crazy, and none of these shootings are ever a girl. 
Right. right. Exactly. So to me, it was what's funny about a woman like losing it. Right. You know, and about a guy and just going insane. So you sit down to, to adapt it. How do you start? Do you look at oh, the lyrics and then go, we okay, we need the, a character named Johnny. We need, yes. you know what I mean? Like, we how did do you that. Do we like took all the characters that are mentioned in the song. Right. Then we really thought like, how do we make this so you're just laughing at it and you're yeah. not even it doesn't even you know recall any of anything really bad so since we it's set in the 80s we thought we'd make it more like an 80s horror movie right perfect right which is perfect and we actually added more death because then it's more ridiculous like right. and we had Debbie the explanation for Debbie is that she's possessed by the demon of a dead evil cheerleader. Right. So it's... And Debbie's played by Drew Drogi. Amazing. Right. So there's so many... He's the MVP of L.A. comedy. He's so funny. He's so funny. Oh, my God. Um, So there's so many levels of distance from a real tragedy. Right. No one usually says to me, that's not in... You you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do that Nobody said that. No. So, um, I, and that was on purpose. So we were like, how can we make this ridiculous? Right. So that it doesn't, it's not supposed to make you just laugh. Now, it's been a while since I've seen it. Are the songs original or are they songs that we know from that era? They're, okay, there's, there's some of my original songs right. from, from that time period. Um, and then there's, we took and we did, took songs from that era and changed the words. Right, awesome. Right, so like, um, you can't touch this. Is sung by the high school jock. It's you won't touch this, and right. he's complaining with many penis euphemisms about his girlfriend Debbie not touching his dick. Right, exactly. Right. So we just <clears throat> we we took songs from that time period for one thing because it's easier, and the other thing is it's it those songs evoke that feeling. Right. Of the eighties, you know, you're like, oh, you're right there. Yeah. You know, the, the instrumentation, the way yeah. they sound, and they're just in you. Yeah. So, um, and then, but see, Earth Girls, we wrote original songs. It's a lot more work. Right. A lot more I'm work. excited about that. I know, I am too. Do you have a date for it? Is Well, we're aiming for, uh, I think it's the date we have at the Camera Club, if we're going to do the first reading or mini production yeah. or whatever there is. Uh, I think it's, it's March or April. All right, I love it. Yeah, so, but it will happen, right. you know. Now, the Cavern Club Theater is uh, where, where all of my favorite people perform. I know. It's in the basement of a Mexican restaurant. If I if I had a friend visiting from out of town that wanted to do something yeah. local and cool, it's not a touristy thing, yeah. especially if they were gay, I would say that's where we're going to go. I know. It's it's like inexplicably I have seen some of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life in that club. Yeah. And it's kind of divey. Totally. And as a performer, are you like, here I am in the basement of yeah. a Mexican you, restaurant? There's always a point where you're, you're going, oh God, you always do that. Because you just look around, especially backstage, and you go... This is just, like, not glamorous. Show business. Yeah, show business, <laughs> not glamorous. But I've seen the funniest things I've ever seen there. It, it just has a magical, weird, it really does. comedy energy, you know? I'm, I love to go see people that I've worked with, the people that I know there. I love feeling like I'm part of that community. Yeah, yeah, me There's too. There's something about that place that's I went so to great. Sam Pancake show. Um, the Fritzy one? Yeah. I want to go to that. It's really good because he did that character before. Yeah. But he's really developed it um, like so much since yeah. then. And it was great. I went about, that was about three weeks ago. And, and it is really fun to go to people that were like, I'm really good friends with the guys from Chico's Angels now. Right. And to go see their show because they always have different episodes. Right. And um, was that the dog? I think that was the dog. <laughs> the dog. Um, 
that it's it is really fun. It's like a weird little community, right? Yeah, and I kind of love it. It's, I it's, do it's too. Like Mr. Dan who runs it is great. Oh, and Mr. Dan is the best. Yeah, He's I love the greatest it. Greatest guy. Have you performed there? You I've done. Have, I've done right? like I haven't never done like a big show that I was in, but I've done stuff with Jack Potnick as Evie Harris. Oh, we used to right. Show He's up so in the fruitcake follies and oh stuff my like God. that. Now, yeah. you, you've been doing the Mismatch Game show for, for a number of years. Yeah. And I think you've played the most different characters. Thank you. You like to mix it up. I do, because I go, okay, um, because each character has a different point of view, and there's something... I mean, I've made a few mistakes where you go, this character is just awful, and it's hard to have a... <laughs> Michelle Bachman, was, who I thought was funny at the yeah. time, was impossible. Right. Because You're like, oh, yeah. Oh, she's hateful, and everyone hates her, and she's hard to be funny, and... Um, but I guess I just want to do something different. I yeah. know, because other people do the same thing. Yeah. But I love that you always mix it up, and you always... Like, lately, you've been doing Melania Trump. Right. And you've also done her online, like, social media Yeah, I did a couple of videos of her, because in the beginning... She's she was so funny to me, especially when she was doing all Michelle Obama's speeches. That was so hilarious. Yeah. Now Melania is just seems so sad when I see her in. Yeah. The, right. You just want to. She looks like a hostage. Her eyes say help. Her eye. She looks. She's like hostage. Like yeah. blinking messages. I and and yet something's obviously wrong with her. Like she wore an all white outfit to Puerto Rico, the hurricane thing. You're yeah. going. Why would you do that? Like. Yeah. And every hair is in place, and these people just look like they've been through right. hell. And they're still in it. They're still in it, and and then they're there with their you know sports gear. And but Melania, I mean, but she's still funny to me. But yeah. I, you know, I, I think I just like to try different points yeah. of view, like in improv class, yeah. do different characters. Kim Kardashian, yes, you did. I think I you did. gave birth on stage. Uh, you... Well, the baby, uh, the baby, I peed. Yes. And then the baby peed the next time. <laughs> I had a giant squirt gun. Uh, that was really fun. Yeah. She's really stupid. It's, it's, I mean, there's, it's good playing somebody who has a, some air of stupidity. Yeah. Right? You know, because. Is they're, there something they're... that links the characters that you connect to? Is there something that. You... I think I they're think... not geniuses. Right. I don't think I've played anybody that's like super smart. Like, right. Like someone like Hillary Clinton or something. I haven't right. played somebody like that. Yeah. I, I think they're harder. Right. <laughs> right. Or, or nobody I wanted to satirize that was super smart. Yeah. You know. Now you are from LA or you, yeah. you grew up here. Yeah. You're one of the few people that I know that actually born and bred. I know. There's, it's very, very rare. And my, my parents grew up here and they, they met at NBC and, my grand, my great grandfather was an actor and a director who moved here in the twenties, and he's in Citizen Kane, and he's like the like juror and Reefer Madness, and you know, that's so, so cool. It's, and then my, on the other side, my mom's they were he was a film editor, my uncle, and they usually are like all my uncles are in um, like that kind of thing, right. editing or something like that. So it felt like kind of like a family business yeah, in a way. It did, um, and both my brothers went into it. Like yeah. my one brother. The screenwriter that I worked with, and now he's a teacher at um, New York Film Academy. Oh, awesome! And my um, other brother was like um, his second assistant camera. Nice. You know? But my son is not, thank God. And how old's your son? Your son's in college now. He's twenty three. He's wow. Out. He he's graduated. out of college. I feel like I remember when I he went in. I know. Like it was two weeks ago. I know. It feels like that to me too. Wow. He went in. He graduated. He did fantastic. He has. He's really into the environment. And um, he works for the Center for Sustainability downtown. And he He's really, back here in L.A. Yeah, and he wants to go into environmental policy. That's his big thing. Like to, 
And I'm like, how did this happen? That's awesome. Isn't that great? What does he think of your shenanigans? He, you know what's really weird? <laughs> that I'm going to dress up with him, put on this wig and go he, I, perform I, in this yeah, Mexican like I restaurant. And I'm like, I'm in a wig and I go, is this weird for you? He goes, <laughs> not really. But the other thing is he's not that interested in it. Right. You know, which I have mixed feelings about. Right. I'm like, well, this is pretty fabulous. Like, what? And I say to him, I go, well, my gay son would care about this. And, you know... <laughs> do you say that? Is that, is that what you lord over him all yes, the time? Yes, I do. He goes, I know. You'd like to have a gay son, whatever. <laughs> um, but he's just not that compelled by show business at all, which amazes me because yeah. one the time I could walk, I was like, oh, so magical and amazing, right? Yeah. Yeah, like most of my friends feel too, but yeah. he doesn't... He, he doesn't, doesn't have that gene. He doesn't. But I think that's good though. Yeah. I'm really happy about it's it great. because it's not like a career that you wish for people. Yeah, it's it's, it's not hard, easy. It's right? really hard. It, I mean, even when you work, I mean, like, are you supposed to? Are you supposed to always figure out how to work for like 40 years? Yeah. Right. No, I sometimes <laughs> I see people and they they got one yes. And they yeah. were done. I know. I and, know. You know, yeah. So I, but, you know, I picked it. I did too. So. And I, 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 I didn't have a choice. There's no way I could have done something else and then had all these thoughts and characters in my head right. and not done it. Right. So I'm going, you just have to accept that that's yeah. the person that you are. And take right? responsibility. Take and, responsibility you know. for it and go to auditions. And Yeah. You were you, audi- you had an audition yesterday. I had we an were going to do this yesterday. interview. I know. How are auditions for you at this point? They're, they're not good. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you go through this whole mental process where, well, first of all, the traffic's a lot worse. Yeah. Traffic's horrible. So then you're going, oh, I'm driving. There's traffic in this stupid costume. I had this neck thing on. And... Then, like I did it, you're performing for you know this person, and right. he gave me some notes, and I did it again. Then, then you drive away, going, "Oh, that's what I should have done." I hate that. Right. Right. The fact that you have to understand this material, you kind of before you go in and then get make you have an to have a take on it. You have to have a take on it. Then you have to make an adjustment when you go in there, and. It's not like, I don't know, do you know anybody who likes auditions? No, probably Nobody not. Nobody really likes them. Maybe when you're first working and yeah. you're like so excited to have it. I got sent out. Like it feels right. like a big yeah, deal. Yeah, you go like, oh my God, and then there's all these people. Right. In, in the, it's so, it, it's very exciting. And it's just not, and the other thing is, I always see people I know because anybody who's still, you know, acting, they're usually really good. Yeah. So I always see people in the waiting room who are great. Yeah. You go, so everybody here is really good. Yeah. Right? Because they wouldn't have blasted. They would have done something else. So they're they're not great. And and a lot of times, as soon as I go to an audition, I go, this is the worst. I just have to start pursuing directing or something else. Because this is not... It, it hurt. It kind of like goes after your ego a little yeah. bit. Right? Yeah. It, gets, it can be a little that, bit of a soul crusher. The writing doesn't. Yeah. Writing doesn't really do that. Because... You're really, it's your kind of, your wit, your brain that's on display when you're, it's about writing. Yeah. But acting is like, you go, I didn't wear the right earrings and. Right. They don't like my hair color or my whatever My hair color's it is. not right. I'm not, it's weird. It's, it's a very hard thing to be judged by for, you know, many years. Yeah. What's right? your dream gig? Oh. If my, they could call tomorrow and say this, you have this I job. I would like a job just like, um, Jennifer. Uh, God, I'm blanking our last name on Two Broke Girls. Um, Jennifer Coolidge. Jennifer Coolidge's job, where she comes in and she's a side character, 
and she just gets to be big and crazy and not have to have the responsibility. Right. And do and do a multi-camera show, which is a lot less hours. Yeah. I would say you that. You breeze in. That's That sweet. would be the great job, yeah. right? Because you're like, bye, everybody. Yeah. And you're just... I think so. And you so. have a live audience. That's probably a live fun. audience, which is super fun. Yeah. And they write really funny stuff for her. There's a lot less uh, multi-camera shows now. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, th- I think that would be it. Cause yeah. I can't stay, I can't say being a movie star because it's, there's so much to that and people think it's really glamorous, but when you've actually done it, you're, it's exhausting. You're working hours and hours and hours and you're trying, there's a lot of, uh, angst because you're trying to get this thing in your head on film. You're to capture it in that moment. Right. So I've, I've always found there's a, like a certain amount of, you, you feel stressed that you've got to make this right. happen. Right. Right? It's not like there's another day where you're going to do it. Like, right, this is it. That's it. And if you so, didn't get it, you'll beat yourself up about it. Yeah, and you do. I've done that many times where you, go, you drive away, you're going, oh, why didn't I do that? That would have been amazing. But that's it. So, yeah. um, and, and the thing is, like, I, I think pe- regular people don't know that if you're a director or if you're the lead actor or something, that's like a 14, 16 hour day. Yeah. And, I don't know how that's a great thing. I directed at some short films, and the <laughs> yeah. longest one was a four-day shoot, or yeah. two-day shoot, four-day, and at the end of, like, two, four, four days, I felt like I'd been hit by a truck. Yeah. I'm like, how do people do this for exactly, six Exactly, exactly. I don't know. But I also felt super stimulated yeah, you get and kind of in love. I think it's too. the emotional yeah. exhaustion, because you're so, every you, you core really is invested. You do from it. That's the other but, thing. The great part is you're like, you're so excited that you created something. Yeah. And it's... it's but... It's, the, but like, you know, when I used to do my MTV show, yeah. it was so low budget that they would do seven shows in three days and, and he'd start over, he'd start to take over if I messed anything up because later after I, after we did the whole series and when it ended, he goes, Oh, I thought that's what you wanted. You want to continue. I go, no, you could have done pickups. But anyway, so I would do, <laughs> I know. It wasn't until the show was done and done, wrapped yeah, that you realized that pickups were an option. Yeah, that, that, that he did. That he did. Yeah. So, but anyway, but I'd do seven shows in three days and I really would feel like I had to go to the hospital. I would just have to go home and just, you know, lay down and, and I, that's how I would feel. Well, and your persona was so bubbly and light and fun and energetic, so young, energy, and, you know what yeah. I mean? Like. Yeah. You can't be exhausted and do I, what you did on that show. No, you have to like, you know, have a lot of energy. Yeah. So that's, and then I think that that leads to people thinking you are like that. Right. Right. But I'm not like that. Yeah. And so you're, you're going, I'm acting. So it's hard. Yeah, no, I get right. it. My favorite memory of that show is you making fun of Sheena Easton. Oh yeah. And I, what do you think of when you think of that show? What are the the things uh, that jump out? We're talking about the Just Say Julie show on the MTV. The modeling episode. Yeah. Where um, I my friend Stacy Travis came on as this this model named Lake Arrowhead, and she was super, <laughs> super, super best name. stupid. Yeah, she was this super the best stupid. Name. And then um, she somehow I don't remember how it happened, but she lost her brain. And I found a piece of gum on the floor, and then I'm holding it to camera, going, "A model's brain." I remember that. Yeah. And then there's PMS episodes. Before anybody had done a P- any PMS yeah. thing, where I was freaking out and turning on the camera crew and eating chocolate and screaming, and um, those were funny too because I it's like I was trying to do a show, but I was a mess. So I remember those. I mean, the Sheena Easton I remember because yeah. I would make fun of her, 
And then she called MTV and said, I'd like to be on the show. And she, she, she's really sweet. And she she got humor. it. She got it. That's amazing. And then she played my maid who was like <laughs> gaslighting me. It was really, she it. was great. She what was, a good sport. Yeah, she was awesome. I mean, she, most people are, honestly. Yeah. Um, I don't get like people getting mad at me. I haven't had that a lot, which I don't understand. Right. Because I made fun of them. But yeah. Maybe it doesn't seem that mean. Yeah. It, I don't think it comes from that. I think I they can sense not. that it doesn't come it, from a place yeah, like Yeah, it doesn't either. Yeah. It's just, you know, you're taking cultural, their cultural image and you're making fun of that. Yeah. You know, um, so I, I haven't had that. That must be awful. Kathy Griffin talks about that all the time. And, and I think she's mostly just making jokes about people too, but I guess they get, they've gotten madder at her. Yeah. You know? Well, and also, she's not doing it in a, a character. It's, it's Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe that's, that's the, dis- the distance of the right. character. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. What was it like to have a show like that at that time? Like, it was... It was kind of new, and but a lot on your shoulders, yeah, right? Yeah, It was a really weird experience, because I went to New York, because they asked me to... I, I, I hosted for one week to promote my album, and I went with my writing partner, Charlie Coffey, and I thought... I can't just say these videos are great because a lot of them are really stupid. Right. So I thought, okay, I'm going to do make fun of them. And they'll either like it or hate it, right? That's what I'm going to do. So you were kind of doing, giving them a pilot without... I kind of was. And so I started develop. Yeah. I started doing that character and I was pretending that girls from... I was calling the Bon Joffe are after me and I go, he's my boyfriend. So I started doing bits. Yeah. It's really the same character. And they really liked it, right? So they said, we'd like you to do a certain amount of weeks per year as a VJ in New York. And I was like, okay. Then I, I suddenly developed intense fear of flying. I mean, it was just like, and I was like, I wouldn't go out there. Yeah. So they finally said, um, what if we send a producer out there? So I went, great. So they sent this guy, Charlie Singer, who's a wonderful guy. And he and me and Charlie Coffey did all the shows. Wow. Was it green screen or was it... Yeah, there was green screen and there was a set that Ali Willis built the set. And there was no other writers. There was no other anything. It was... That's also really hard. And the thing is, at the time, I knew it was pretty special because I'm going... They said, all you have to do is show three videos per show. And they gave us no notes, no anything. Wow. Just three videos per show. And I'm like, okay. So we... And was it a half hour show? Yeah, it was a half hour show. So we made fun of the videos, and we'd make a storyline of things that were always happening in my character right. that paid off, you know, that were super absurd. And I knew it was really amazing, and it probably would never happen again. But at the same time, it was super tiring. It was awesome. It was like you go, I feel like I'm going to die. Like this yeah. is, So I did 44 episodes, and I also started getting frustrated because they really didn't pay you hardly any money right considering that it was successful right you know and like they fight you about things like i wanted to rent a copy uniform and you're like this this show you're telling me it's your number one show but you won't let me rent a copy uniform like you won't give me the budget yeah so i was i'm just going this is just i can't do this i can't kill myself for no money just because just because they'll put me on tv yeah yeah, um I'm not really good at that, like, just, like, killing myself. I, I've done it many it, times. That's so hard to know when to stand up and I when know. to not. You don't I quite know. know. It is really hard. Yeah. It's really hard. And and the thing is, people on the outside, they really think it's 
like all good, like all magical. Oh, yeah. So you can't really explain You're living it. the dream. Yeah. You can't really explain it. Even yeah. my son has said that to me. He goes, what are you worried about, mom? Like, you know, people know you. I'm like, I, you, I live in the moment I'm in right now. So I yeah. can't just go. I just think about my past and not worry about anything. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That day um, that Sheena Easton came in was so much fun. Isn't going to get me through today. Get, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But it was great. I know, but he's 23. So he, yeah. You know, he doesn't has a completely other perspective. Yeah. So it was really wonderful, and I'm really glad I did it. But I canceled the show. I mean, yeah. I said I can't do it anymore, so I stopped yeah. doing the show, which was another weird thing to do. But yeah, that's um, a hard position to be in. Yeah, I just was like, no, I'm not. I can't. So it was wonderful, and it was really of the time. Yeah. And and I don't think anybody ever gets to just do whatever they want on a show anymore. I know it was so it, it had that feeling of that loose and Yeah, like, there was nobody there. It was like kids with like a no grown-ups were there. Yeah. You know, cuz Charlie was our age, we were all like young and we just, you know, knew we could do whatever we wanted and so they put it on the air. And it was kind of incredible. Being part of the MTV family, even, you know. Yeah. Were, they, were you ever around musicians? Were you at award shows with people? I or went, I was Were you at, part of that MTV world? Yeah, kind of, but not really, because I was shooting out here. Yeah. And they actually had never shot anything out here. Really? No, and then they started doing the award show. And I yeah. went to, I think, two of the award shows I was at, and I met, you know, different people, Steven Tyler, um, who, are, who else did I meet? Well, on my show, I met people, too, like Gene Simmons and Weird Al. And when we were rehearsing Medusa, I met Michael Jackson. What was that like? That was weird. Where were you? We were in a rehearsal studio in Hollywood. And uh, the choreographer, his assistant was doing my show. Um, He was the choreographer for Michael Jackson. Okay. So that assistant was actually choreographing my show. I love it. So she knew all the moves Madonna had done. Who's your assistant? Um, her name is oh. Smith Wordies. Okay. So she had worked on Madonna's tour. Right. Like drilling the dancers. She knew all the dances. Yeah. So we were kind of making fun of a lot of the actual dances that she did. I love that. So in another room, I think he was, he was rehearsing one of those famous videos, Bad or something. And Vince brought him over. Vince, Vince Patterson. Patterson. Yes. Yeah. Vince Patterson. And he was, he, he said, do you want to meet Michael Jackson? I went like, yeah, okay. And then Michael Jackson comes in and he's really sweet and really shiny he goes oh you're that girl from mtv and he was just like i mean he was like a little fragile bird you know what i mean yeah just go it was so incongruous to think he can be that kind of performer could be like so mild-mannered and everything soft-spoken and delicate delicate he just seemed delicate yeah and you're going it didn't it didn't look fun to be him at all but he was really sweet. I mean, his energy, he was really... And Vince said um, that he was always super nice to him and really great to work with. So, you know, I mean, I, I, I at least think that of Michael Jackson, yeah. that he's like a good guy. Yeah. You know what you I mean? You had a sweet moment with him. I did. That's he nice. was really nice. Yeah. That's cool. So, and I always think like, oh, I met Michael Jackson. It's right. pretty great. If I were any kind of editor, I'd put that Gone Too Soon song right here. Oh, it yeah. It would be very sad. It would rip, very sad. rip people's hearts out. I know. Now, Medusa yeah. is a classic. Thank I would imagine you. that after that, you you got a lot of feedback from fans about loving it, but probably yeah. also people that know Madonna that are like, oh, you got, you nailed this. Yes, that or, did happen. she liked it. Or I bet that, that was like, happen. I bet that, you heard through I did, second the dancers, um, the dancers really did sue her. Yeah. Because I'd written that in. So I heard she didn't like that. 
first the first thing I heard was her manager called my agent and said, Oh, Madonna really liked it, right? So I was like, okay. That's but cool. But then during a rehearsal, when we're rehearsing for it, I think Vince might have brought it over. It was a half-drunk bottle of warm champagne that with a note that said, Good luck, Medusa. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. I have that little note somewhere. That's amazing. I know. And so... She I signed it Medusa. No, no, no Madonna. Oh, I'm sorry. No oh, Madonna. Yeah. Good luck, Madonna. Yeah. But the fact that it was open and it was half-drunk, I'm like, that's so weird. What does that mean? Yeah, um, maybe, maybe it's, maybe it's pee. Did you drink it? No, I no. Should, no, I should. Of course not. I wouldn't. No, I, no not. I just was like, I don't know. Yeah. Um, and then, but so that she liked it, but then I kept hearing, and she didn't like the dog cemetery scene. Yeah. And I've heard a couple things she didn't like, and the dancers were saying that, I mean, the fact that they sued her, and we just wrote that as a thing. So you had that in your, in your show before they sued yes, her. Yes. So you sort of predicted that. We did, right? Yeah. Because I, I, I just had the feeling. Yeah. yeah that's the dog. That you had a dogs. feeling that would go that way. I interviewed yeah. one of them for this podcast, and we talked a little bit about the lawsuit, and, and, and there was, because there was a documentary about it, and I said, I took away that you guys, that you sort of, one, like, what did you get out of it? And yeah. then the guy with him that was being interviewed that didn't sue goes, well, you're sitting in it. So it was like this house. Are you kidding? Yeah, but I don't think, I don't think solely it was because wow. the house was because of that, but I think it helped. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was like, interesting. Well, and also, it, it seemed like they signed something that said, if this tour ends up being a movie or TV show, we pay you. And then they just didn't pay. I think, oh, I think they were just saying. that's probably did happen. You, we went, said you, yeah. They, anyway. Yeah. That's neither here nor there. Yeah, but the, even when I, when I was writing it, one of the things that made me want to do it was that I kept running into people who'd worked with her, and they'd tell me these stories about her, and they were so funny to me. Like, there was this one makeup guy, he'd say, yeah, I worked with her, and like, he'd, he'd like come at her with a pencil or something, and she'd go, she'd grab his wrist, and she'd go, what is that? That is new. That is new. And he'd go, oh, they're, they're using it in Europe. She'd go, okay. Like... He would talk the stuff, but she would be freaked out if she didn't know what he was doing. And it sort of was funny, like, just a character. And Vince talked to me about her, you know. Uh, the, just the, the idea of that character just started. And then I saw Truth or Dare. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my God, we, we can do a satire of this. How did you sell Showtime on it? Well, I already had a deal at Showtime to oh, do a cool. comedy special because of my album, I think. Right. Um, and... I was writing something else. I was writing a whole other thing with Charlie. And then I was like, this is only okay. This isn't great. And then when I saw Truth or Dare, I was like, oh my God, this is so great. So I, I just pitched it to them on the phone. Like, yeah. oh, what if I do a satire of that? And they went, great. And they didn't give us hardly any notes. Hardly anything. And I, So that was like a weird time period when that happened. It doesn't happen now. I know. You weren't getting notes back in the day. I know. I mean, you'd still, like on Earth Girls Are Easy, we got so many notes. Which was a big feature film. Yeah. Gina Davis. And Jim Carrey. Oh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. I have to make out with him in it. I love that. Early Jim Carrey. What's your favorite memory of working with Jim Carrey? Mm. What was he like? He was fun to make out with. Um, He's handsome. he's, He's very, he's very on. So... I don't know that you can really know that much about him. Yeah. You know, maybe, and I'm sure he's different now. But it, that was early Jim Carrey and early Damon Wayans. And they, they became, they met on that film and they became buddies and they ended up doing Living In Color. Um, but they were, they were always just like, you know, when you're going to act, you're like concentrating before a take, right? Right. 
they wouldn't. They would just be, because of Jeff Goldblum, it was sort of giving them acting lessons that they should be loud and crazy, and then the cameras roll, and then it's already happening. But it was so distracting to be in scenes with them. You're like, I mean, Jeff Goldblum, I remember he was like reading aloud from Shakespeare, and then those two were just making tons of noise, and I'm going like, trying to concentrate. (laughs) So I didn't. I did really. And they, that was all part of their process. That was loudness. part of their new process yeah. that Jeff Goldblum taught them. Just taught them on the they fly. Were, yeah, because they weren't really much of. They were they, comedians. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, it was irritating to me. Yeah. But I, so I didn't. It's really funny because sometimes you can get really close to people on a movie, and sometimes not at all. Yeah. Right. And so I didn't to any of them because they were all. Gina and Jeff were a couple then. Right. So they were kind of doing their own thing. Who directed that movie? Julian Temple. Okay, cool. And, um... He made some cool music videos back in the day. Yeah, he did. So I didn't... I mean, I was closer to other people on the show. Like, a lot of the people. Dancers and, um, you know, the hair and makeup people and stuff. But those people were like... You know, some people just aren't really super friendly. Yeah. You know? And if they're not, okay. That makes sense. Right. But that must have been interesting because it was your original idea and your song yeah. and your script. And then you were part of the ensemble. And Yeah, I was supposed to do Gina's part. Yeah. And then um, they by the time it got... That's what was frustrating. We got so many notes that by the time the script was something they would be willing to make, the budget had gotten high enough where they wouldn't let me star in it. So it was just very How does that phone call happen? Uh, uh, though they did, they go, we're going to do a screen test on you. And I'm like... Because it's already in my contract that I can do it. And I'm like... Okay, so I do the screen test, which was insane. I'm doing a scene from the movie. They had, they had this makeup guy there, and I'll I'll never forget him. He told me he was ancient. The guy who's doing my makeup for my screen right. test. He told me he had worked on Wizard of Oz. I'm going. This guy is so freaking old <laughs> for your screen test. For that's my screen test, and you. he's plucking my eyebrows, and he's hurt. He's like pulling, like breaking my skin. Yeah, I'm going. Oh, this is. So I did it, and I kind of got, I was kind of getting that this was a bit of a formality for them. You know what I mean? Right. They needed to be able to say, well, we tried, yes, but we want Gina yes. Davis. And so then the contract read that um, they, I had to, I had to, I had pay or play, which means, or pay and play, I forget. One of yeah. them, so where I, the only power I had was to not let the movie get made. Yeah. So my manager was Bernie Brillstein, and I talked to him, and I said, because you're not going to just not get the movie made. So what do you want to do? And I go, I guess I'll write the second lead, which was originally her gay best friend. Right. Interesting. For, for myself. Yeah. And so I rewrote it and then we kind of reimagined it. And then they put my songs in there. And then by the time we got to shooting it, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Because I decided that, what am I going to do? Be miserable? I'm going to enjoy it. I might as well enjoy uh, yeah, it. I did everything I, did. I can. That's just, hard. That's hard to sh- it, make that it shift. It was though. really hard. It was really hard. But then I did. I was yeah. like, I I have to have fun. I worked so hard to get a movie like this made, and I'm not going to just, you know, uh, not enjoy it. So I really did have fun. I wasn't like you know grinding my teeth through it. I'm glad to hear that because yeah. I think it's hard to be in a situation where. You don't have a lot of power, but everyone's there because of you. I know. It's really hard. I've been in situations, like when I had my book option and stuff like that, I that, felt yeah. so low on the totem pole. And I'm like, I wrote the fucking but book. I thought of this. I know. <laughs> it's, of, you know? It's really hard. I mean, and I was younger, and who knows how yeah. how much, how assertive to be and all that. We can look back on it. But you enjoyed yourself. I did. Huge. I did. But, but I also went in there. I had a big meeting with the president of Warner Brothers and... And I decided, I went through this whole thing mentally where I went, 
I'm not going to smile at them and act like some cute little girl who's happy to be having us. So I just looked at them like, okay, fuckers, what do you want to do? And they even commented on that. I was like so serious because I'd always been like so bubbly. Right. And then I go, I'll rewrite the second lead. And they were like, okay. You know, because I thought I'm going to get what I want right now. And then once I did, I, I really did have fun on the movie. The movie was um, a lot of fun to shoot. But so, I love that you went into that meeting and were like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm going to be all business. Yeah, well, it was, gonna... it was a transition because, like, I was, you know, in my 20s and, you know, you're sort of, my persona was, you know, I was performing on stage like Valley Girl right. and, and, you know, bubbly and all that. And then I realized that, I don't know how I came to this, maybe I read some book on it, but that you don't have any power if you just keep chattering. Yeah. I think I did read a book on it. So I didn't talk that much, and I wasn't like bubbly and smiley at them. And it worked. It worked. They were they were they were scared of me. That's you know what I mean? Incredible. I know because I thought, you know, I also like being actually angry helped. Yeah. But I was more just deciding how to be in the meeting, which is really weird, right? It's but, so good that you did yeah. that because that's know, something that I I don't always. Yeah, that's a thing I did learn. I think I read something at that, about that. Yeah, it was about if you talk too much, you're losing power. So you have to just let yeah. the person say something, and you know, don't make it okay for them. Yeah, because I do. That's like I do. You yeah, know? there's that line in Hamilton the musical: "Talk less, smile more." Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and kind of like let them guess a little bit. Yeah. You are like the nicest, famous person I know. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I'm not I'm not blowing smoke, but I kind of am. But you are... I've known a number of people that are well-known or have done the mm-hmm. kinds of work that you had, the kind of careers that you've had. And they're, they're a little bit of a different breed. And you feel like when you come and do the mismatch game, you feel like you're just one of us. Yeah, I don't have like Have you always feeling, been... Have, yeah. Has that always been part of I, yeah, who I you so, are? Yeah, I think so. Because I don't understand that making yourself be separate. Like, why would they do that? What? I don't know. That's not fun. I, you feel <laughs> like there are certain times, there was a period of time where I, I was around a, a good deal of famous people yeah. for a while, doing different things, work, friends, whatever. And then I had a, a long break uh, for whatever reason. And then I was back around one for just even an afternoon. Yeah, yeah. And and the way the gravity yeah, shifted. Yeah, I know. It was so, and this was a perfectly nice person. No, I know you exactly. You don't have that thing. No, because I... I don't want to have it. You tr- made a choice. Yeah. I mean, I make a choice to really be present, I think. Right. And not to be thinking about... I don't think about ever that, oh, I'm famous or somebody might know me. Right. I just... It's just so weird. And it's not... I've never been in it for that. I've only been in it for the actual work, the you know, the characters, the art, the writing. Um, so, I don't want to feel separate from everybody. Right. I don't want to feel... Different and even you know when I was on MTV and I was super recognizable then, you know it it bothered me sometimes when people would make you be. It's like they come at you like you're a special being, right? You know, and that still happens. Like that, I was telling you about that thing the other day, but I just try to ignore it because I don't. And then if you just act like you're present and you're a real person, people stop doing that. And that you're, you, you're interested in other people or yeah, that you really have an am. awareness about other people. Yeah, and that, that's, maybe that that's comes it. through. Cause I think sometimes they don't ask a lot of questions or yeah. get real interested in other people. I had a friendship with a famous person and it ended and it ended when I realized that they didn't care about me. Yes. Right. 
it was kind of like it, 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 the, the the lights were on the side of the wall and yeah. I couldn't ignore it anymore. And it was like, wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. They. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about because yeah. I've had to encounter it a lot. And I think it's why, because I'm going, I've met all these famous people. I'm not that many friends with that many of them, you know? Yeah. I haven't decided because I don't like that feeling of like, you know, separateness and specialness and, you know, it's, it's really weird. I think some people like that. That feeds something too. in there. I think they do too. But I do like, like being friends with everybody on yeah. the set and being normal with everybody, you know, like the, you're all friends. It's just a much better feeling. Do you think it's something that's that's part of your background, your family, or or growing my, up here? Well, or? My family's a mess, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's you know I think really it's probably about being a spiritual person. Yeah. Because everybody else is just you know a spirit walking around, right? And you want. I think the the be, the way you feel the happiest is to want the best for them. Right. Want the best for yourself, but want the best for everybody right. else. Right. It's not a zero-sum game. No. And so you look at them, you have to see them. Are they okay? You know, are they, you know what I mean? What's going on with them? Yeah. How's their personal life? Like, so I think, I think it's that. That's you awesome. know, Because I've always felt like that kind from of From the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, from a very spiritual, very spiritual person. And. Not attached to. I mean, I grew up in went to Catholic school, but I'm. Right. It's not attached to a religion. It's just right. about, you know, that. So, because the whole thing, like the separateness, is is so weird. A lot right? of people want to feel like they're special. I know. And th- that that sort of bristle, you bristle against that feeling. Yeah, I know because yeah, because what is it? And then it makes you feel less than right when yeah. they when they throw some of that at you. Yeah. I know. I did this movie. Uh, a couple of years ago, well, maybe 10 years ago, with uh, Cicely Tyson and Louise Fletcher and Leah Delaria. Right. And this other psycho girl. This sounds like the cast of amazing, you know, like it sounds like such it a. It sounds amazing. A, right? a wild cast. It was. And my friend Sam Irvin directed it. And it was a really well written script. And, you know, you get there and then you start realizing where everyone's at as far as their celebrity right. and how they're going to be. And Cicely Tyson is batshit crazy. And she, <laughs> she just, we had to call her character name. She she kicked me and Leah out of our dressing room because she wanted a dressing room for her hair, for her wig. And you're going, oh, Not even for her. No. And she would never talk to me as me. Yeah. She never would talk to me. And she never talked to me at all. We actually started making bets. Would she ever talked to me? She just wouldn't. Yeah. And on the last day, she called me my character name. Which, because like, uh, the DP was saying to me, this light's not very good on you. And I go, I don't care. I mean, I was so over it. And she suddenly, my character's name's Squeaky. She suddenly turns to me, she goes, you don't care how you look, Squeaky? And I go, no. <laughs> and it was so weird. And then Louise Fletcher, the nicest person in the right. world, who's just so down to earth and telling you about when Frank Sinatra hit on her. She's wonderful and very normal and right. cool. And then the other girl, I can't remember her name. She demanded her own bathroom. And and <laughs> so we and Leah couldn't use her bathroom. And then Leah started getting carried away with everybody else. So we were sharing, they moved us to another room, and right. Leah goes, I have to have this room by myself. So then they kicked me out of that dressing room, and I'm like, what is happening? This is the craziest. Right. And it was everybody dealing with their 
need to vision. feel special. Yeah, they need to feel special. So I ended up changing. My dressing room was this girl's house down the street <laughs> from the shoe. And I'm like, I don't care. This is so stupid. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm like, I'm going to get... I, I mean, I was upset that they that they were being such bitches, but... But it didn't get to your self worth. No. It didn't get. The, it didn't go in there. No, but no, but it was really like you're really observing people being insane. Yeah, being completely crazy. And it's so funny because when I see Cecily Tyson on these award shows, she's and so, everyone gives them standing she's ovations, so revered, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, she's just the worst. <laughs> <laughs> It's so weird though. Like, there's people that you, there's some people that you hear are dicks and you know whatever. I know. And then there are other people that like I, that surprised me. You could have told me she was the nicest person ever. I know. I know. Yeah. That's what I thought I was yeah. going to encounter. Yeah. And uh, but Louise Fletcher, who you don't know either, is right. Awesome. Like you would love her. What was the name of the movie? It's called Fat Rose and Squeaky. Okay. It was about. And you were squeaky. I was squeaky. It was about, your name was in the fucking title. No. I'm not. You're down that road at somebody's know. house. I know. Come on, Cecily Tyson. I mean, she was so funny because the first day, too, she was trying this French accent. She had a tape recorder, and it was really bad French accent. Right. But she's like, you know, she's just going on. We're all, we're all having to call her. I don't remember her character's name. Yeah. I love it. No, it was pretty funny. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I love the idea. I love this image of her getting some Lifetime Achievement Award and everyone's standing and you're just sitting there. Going like, no, not standing <laughs> not, up, not going to do it. <laughs> not going to do, do it. I know, but that is a surprise. Yeah. You started, did you ever start doing just basic stand-up jokes? Yeah. 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 What was well, that like First, I was, um, I was part of a comedy team. Yeah. Before I graduated acting school in San Francisco. And my writing partner was Charlie Coffey. Oh, And cool. we were a comedy team. So I did it in San Francisco, and we were successful on that level, on a local level. And then when I moved down here, because I wanted to do film and television, he didn't really want to do it anymore, so I started doing it by myself. Right. And I was doing the Valley Girl character before the song came out. Right. And um, I, I, it was, it was, I always found it really hard. And um, I did, I was on Evening at the Improv, and I played the waitress, but I also did my stand-up act on it. Right. So... I did it, but I never loved. But it wasn't your love. You weren't. No, yeah. I was always like, "This is freaking weird." But Charlie and I always had music in our act, so I thought if I just add music to my act again, I might like it. So that's when I started really trying to think of these songs, songs, and I, that's when I thought of these songs. Um, but stand up, pure stand up. I admire people. I yeah. really do. Have you done it? No, and I don't have the need. I know. I don't really either. And I'm kind of glad I don't, because I have a lot no, of other genes very, that I like to do. Yeah, but I don't exactly. Have that that thing of like somebody going up and telling the same set that they did I the know. night before and seeing how it plays and that I know. and acting like it's new. I don't know. There's something about it. I like I like emceeing and and being. Yeah, that's different. I really though. like that. That's really but, different. But I right? don't have that stand up thing. Of yeah, jokes. I don't either. Because like I'm going to perform this weekend at Oasis, but I'm going to just do three songs and then, in San Francisco. Yeah, and talk a little between them. But the thing is that the songs become theatrical, so it's it feels like there's energy in the thing. To go up there all by yourself and just tell jokes, it's just like so weird to me. Yeah, I, I don't. I can't do it. And There's I, people and that I, love it, and that's their thing. I, I know, great. but I'm I also... Go, I always go, what? Because I've done it. Yeah. And I'm going, what do they love about it? Like, yeah. Why do they love it? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's so... You're so self-conscious, yeah. and... Yeah. I don't know. Now, before yeah. I came over here, I checked out your IMDb page. Oh, okay. And this is the one thing that jumped out. Well, two things that jumped out at me that were surprises. 
you worked on a Olivia Newton-John special. Oh yeah, Hollywood Nights. Yeah, nineteen eighty. Yes. You know, I love Olivia. Oh yeah, she love was, her. She was really nice. Were um, you writing? Yeah, that was like might have been my first writing job. I think for, it's your first thing under writer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And for Alan Thick was the producer. I love it. Yeah, he's insane. Well, he's dead now, but yeah. he's insane. Yeah. Um, and I I got hired to write this special, and there were such amazing people on it. Like Gene Kelly was on it, and Olivia Newton John, and Tina Turner. I mean, it was it was freaking amazing. So I don't even remember what I wrote, but I wrote stuff. There was you know, uh, there were other writers. Along yeah, with yeah, you, yeah. But I but it was it was really fun. And I would I, imagine it was awesome. And Elton John was on it. I mean, like. It was like crazy. Did you get to interact with them at all? Or? Not really. I yeah. mean, I, you just say hi to them, but you yeah. can't really. It would have been weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think I was too intimidated. But That's so cool. But it was really cool to get to write material and be around people like Gene Kelly. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was my that first. That was probably right job. around Xanadu nineteen. Yeah. Xanadu was. What year was it? Eighty? Yeah, I think it was eighty. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, fun. because. That's right. I went to a party for in in the process of this, and it was for Xanadu. <gasps> That's amazing. I think it was for Xanadu, and the Go Go's were playing there. Was it super cokey? I don't know. When you you think of eighties Hollywood, you think of coke. Oh, it was. Well, that party, I don't know if it was, yeah. but eighties Hollywood was pretty cokey. Yeah, everyone had coke. Like you go to a party. Did you live here then? No, I moved oh, out yeah. here in okay. like eighty six, eighty seven. Oh. Okay, yeah. so you go to a party and there'd just be Coke on a mirror. Like, that was just normal. Like, yeah. I don't think people, I really don't think people realize the impact of it. Yeah. I, I think that's partly why it was happening. Because everybody just thought, that's fun. Yeah. You know, they didn't know yeah. to kill people and destroy yeah. their life. All that stuff. It was yeah. Just, you yeah. Know. It was just a thing. It was, it was just, just a thing. thing. It's just what yeah. people did. Yeah. Um, you talked about your spirituality. Was that something you always had innately, or was yeah. it something that. You went through and then found it in a way? I think I've always had it. Like, always. I remember being a little kid and feeling that way. Just connected to something bigger. Yeah. And and I I had to go to Catholic school, so they were kind of jamming it down your throat. And you have to go, you know, yes, I believe, but but I always had a problem with elements of the Catholic thing, right? And then um, when I got out of Catholic school, it was so freeing because it's like everything you innately feel is true, like... There's no hell and, you know, all that stuff. All that stuff that you, that you, 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 you go, that's feel inside, not, right? Intuitively, yeah. You, that was kind of gone. So yeah. I went, oh, this is this is great. So then, but you do feel connection to everything, you know. And, and I'm really happy. I don't know how people survive their lives without feeling that, you yeah. know. Because, because, like, if you do something good for somebody, you want to feel like there's value in that. And it is because you're... Helping their spirit. Do you right. know what I mean? That sounds crazy, but you know what I mean. Like, you want to help the other spirits you're here. Right, with. right, right. It helps them. It you may want help to enrich you. people. And, and it makes you them. feel better. Yes. It's like it gives back. So when people are mean, it's so confusing to me. Like, yeah. what are you getting out of that? Right. You're just feeling kind of more closed off. You're hurting somebody. Like, what is that? Right. You know, so I've always felt Did that Did you ever way. question it? Did you ever have moments where you're like, because I have. I've had this... Feeling like, I don't know, not necessarily spirituality, but the sense of what I'm meant to be doing and oh, yeah. whatever. And, and then like getting sure. sort of shut down. I question being like, what I'm meant to be doing all yeah. the time. <laughs> but, you, I mean, you just, 
you know you're supposed to be a good person while you're right. Here. You know that's not something I question. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because just that's like intuitive. Yeah. Right? It's I mean, just part of who you are. Yeah. And every yeah. religion says that. Like, yeah. It's just, you feel that. Right. You know, but um, the, the different, you know, specifics in religion, I don't buy a lot of it. Right. Because right? you're like, how do you know? Right. Right? So, I mean, I even think witches are cool because that, you know, they're in touch with spirituality and nature. So, that's as far as I'm sure of it. Right. Right? The rest of it. But it's personal. You've, it's something that you yeah, feel. Yeah, it's personal. Yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love that. yeah. My son has it too, and I think I don't know. You're almost kind of born with your feeling about that, aren't you? I, your I guess. About that. I don't know because I was raised Mormon. Okay. So I, but I had a sense of my own what was right for me. Yeah. That was different than the path that all my peers in the Mormon church were doing. Yeah, see, isn't that like, interesting, Like, they all though? became Eagle Scouts. Right. They all went on missions for the church. And I kind yeah. of diverted. And, because it wasn't for me. Yeah. And part of it is the gay thing, I'm sure. Right. But it wasn't my thing. Um, <laughs> it's just weird when you feel like, I think I'm being the, supposed, the person I'm supposed to be being, and no one's buying it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, really not, not believing it by yeah. like nobody wants, we're like, that's great, but no thanks. Um, the other thing that jumped out at me from your resume, quantum leap. Oh yeah. Did you write a quantum leap? I wrote that episode with my brother who was a producer on it. I love it. And I got to play the character and, um, it was a stripper, which is like later I go, why did I write a stripper? Cause I had to do this balloon dance. Right. It was really weird. <laughs> um, that is funny cause that show it wasn't really fun. Right. You know, people love that show. Right. Like, people always say, oh, that's a great show. It wasn't really fun because Scott Bakula was, he's a nice guy, but he was really, like, he was, I think, suffering from, I'm here 16 hours every day. Yeah. So, he was not very accessible. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there was just, like, this weird energy there. It was very, very masculine. I yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. And. To be in an environment, and it's happened a lot of times in show business, where the energy is too masculine. Yeah. And then it's like, yeah, there's not feeling, there's not emotion, you know. There's no gay people. I hate it. Yeah. Right? Anything, there's no gay, I don't remember any it's gay like people. They, it's like there's colors that aren't the used in the palette. There. Yes. They're, they're, it's exactly. like they, they took away all the exactly. pink or the green. The, or, and the makeup <laughs> guy was a super straight, older cowboy-like guy. Yeah. And I, he's going, I'm going to do your makeup. I'm like... Who are you? And he's like, What happened to show business? I know. And he didn't even put lipstick on me. And I had to go back at my trailer and like do it myself. I went, What is happening here? So it wasn't a fun show to do. I think it's a good show. It feels very CBS, the environment. I don't even know if it was on CBS. No, Um, I don't know if it was either. I don't remember. But on the flip side of that, we have Clueless, female director, movie and TV show. What has it meant to you to be in something that is now seen as a classic? Yeah. it's great. I loved Clueless. And when I read the script, I I thought it was great. I thought it was really special and specific and funny because it had its own language. Yeah. And I got that it was really good, you know. And then when I'm shooting it, oh, this is a thing I was that makes me crazy is I didn't get to wear makeup because I was playing a lesbian gym teacher. No, just base. Make, yeah. That was it. Right. And I was bitter about that. Um, cause the girls are so gorgeous in that show, right? Right. And they're all just, 
and possibly on the TV show as well. Yeah, they're all gorgeous. Right. So no makeup on the TV show either. No. When I got to the TV show, it was a different group of people, and I said, "I want to makeup." This is a lipstick lesbian. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. So I had complete makeup on the TV show. Right. Um, But um, it was it was really funny because I had this experience acting with Alicia Silverstone that I've never had quite. Where you're in a scene with somebody, you can perceive what they're doing, right? And you, you know what I mean? You go, you get right. with their characters. And I was getting nothing from her in this scene. I couldn't see what she was doing. And then when you watch it on film, you're like, Holy I was like, shit. yeah, because Amy invited me to early screening. And I'm like, oh my God, she's really this transcendent little person. But I, but I have not seen that before where you go, I don't see what they're doing, and then you see what they're doing. Right, when you feel like nothing's happening I in front like of you. I felt like nothing's happening in front of me. And then you see the movie, and you're like, that's masterful. Yes. I really do think that's one of the best young performances. Oh, it's incredible. But yeah. I think partly why it was, why it is what it is, is it's kind of authentic. Yeah. You know, she's kind of that person. Right. I mean, so I think that's why I didn't see it so much, but it came across on film. Is she, it was very much like, right. like when she said the... Um, her script was she uh, the Hadian people. Yeah, she really said that. That wasn't like <laughs> a joke that Amy gave her. Right. She just she just was that very young, adorable person. And the energy on set created by Amy, a diff- Amy, totally different vibe. Yeah, Amy's great. Amy was really awesome, and it was funny when we got to do the TV show. Amy wasn't that into the TV show, right? Because it was like every day, you know. Yeah. And and she got a showrunner and. She was there in the beginning, but I think it's just not... She's very rock and roll, Amy Heckerling. You know, she's wonderful. Um, and it just was too yeah. much of a machine at that point for her. Um, but it was fun. I had a good yeah. time. On the TV show, too. I had a really good time. What did lesbians think of your character and you playing They've it? They've not said anything to me. <laughs> lesbians, like, show up at my shows and they're fans and they're super sweet. But they haven't, like, said, your character, you know... Yeah. Not like gay men say to me, you yeah. know, because so many gay men have said... What do like, gay men say to you? In my, my MTV show, yeah, they said, your MTV show made me feel like I wasn't alone, and I was, there was somebody out there, like, had my sensibility, and I'm like, that's so amazing. I think I felt that too, in a yeah, way. Yeah, I think... Before I was even out. Isn't that you. weird? I yeah. think it was that the... I was making this character who was ridiculous and fun and silly and making fun of things because I feel like gay people have a really attuned sense of humor. Yeah. Right? Um, From things that are a little full of shit. Yes, exactly. And so they identified with it. And then the songs were campy. Yeah. Uh, but particularly, the, the that's what's happened. Gay men come up to me and are so sweet to me because, I guess because I've been working for a while, I did something at some point that they... That meant something to them, right? right. And um, oh, it's yeah. fantastic. It's fantastic. When my son was little. He was like, I told him what gay was, you know, pretty early. But he'd be like, why do these gay men come up to you all the time? I'm like, they're my fans. And he's like, okay. You know? Right. So, and you know what's funny? is like his whole generation, they're so tolerant. Yeah. They don't have a thing. They don't, they're not talking about stuff. No. That's one thing that gives me sort of hope about. Yeah. The future is yeah. that a lot of the hangups that they don't have them. They have. don't have them. Yeah. Like I remember when he was in high school, I said, "Are there gay kids in your school?" He goes, "Yeah." I go, "Well, is everyone? How do they treat them?" He goes, "Well, they're fine." Like, like it wasn't even a <laughs> they thing. They wouldn't occur to him to treat no, them no. He was or any or a lot of. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a couple asshole right. kids, but he said in general the whole school was like, "Whatever, okay, do your thing." 
So I went, it's different. It's a different world now, right? Yeah. Has a gay guy ever cried in front of you? Yes. About what you mean to him and stuff? Yes, that's happened. Yeah. shows that I've done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't... It makes you feel like... That's a lot. It's a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But I understand it. Yeah. And I understand it. And I've always had, from the beginning, a lot of compassion for, you know, the gay community. Even... Even before that, when I was in acting school, when people weren't yeah. out and everything, that I just had affinity for gay men. Yeah. And I also think MTV at the time that you were on it was so cool. Wasn't it? And we wanted to, everyone wanted to be a part of it or feel connected to it. And I think your show brought along that campy, gay, irreverent thing. Yeah, I think and it spoke did. To and, and the thing is, I wasn't purposely doing it. I really right. was just doing... Charlie and I were just doing what's funny to us. That's yeah. all we were doing, you know, because yeah. what well, you can't you can't tailor it to anything. Yeah, and if and you I try have, to chase it, I have trouble work. with that too. Like if they want you to write for something, I can do it, but where the voice is like a specific their voice, you go, okay, but it's not as easy as just doing what's funny to you. Yeah, right? Don't you have that? I I, I do a bit, although working for Joan Rivers, I got to oh. where I. Yeah. Could start to hear her cadences oh, and things I bet. like that. I and, bet. And that was that was a good experience, an interesting experience as a I writer. Bet. For sure. And so satisfying when you would write a joke, you'd rewrite it, you'd cross it out, you'd try again, whatever. By the time she got to say it on the set, you were like so sick of it, typing it, retyping right. it, whatever. And then she would say it and you would laugh. Isn't that weird? Because of her gift. Because of her. She was And that brilliant. was always amazing to yeah. see this. The evolution Her of this thing. Yeah. And the whole joke transformed. It's amazing. She was, she's so funny. She's, yeah. I love her. And you had your Disney chapter. And you, which is, yes, I did. You worked with That's the Jonas right. Brothers and you did the, like these, what was it like to be in that world? Um, that was, that was, what was that like? Well, I wrote the script with my brother. This is Camp Rock. Camp Rock. And then it went through all this stuff and they, Disney's kind of a machine. Yeah. So they're like, great, you did four drafts, bye-bye. Even right. though I've written the part for myself and I got to do it in the mm-hmm. movie. So they, I feel like they, they hired these two girls who hadn't done that much, and they just took all the jokes out. So we had a lot more jokes in the script. It was a right. lot funnier. Oh. And I actually don't think Disney likes that, but I didn't understand that. They want it, you know what I mean? They, they, there's this lane that they need to, they're yeah, afraid they, of like... Yeah, they're in a specific lane yeah. that I didn't... Because I, I just try to make things as funny as I can. Yeah. Um, so then when we got to make it, it was, I was excited they were making it. And he told me that they were going to, there was only one rock star. They go, we're going to do these brothers, the Jonas brothers. And they're, they're becoming this big thing. So I went up to Canada and met them and they're really sweet guys. Yeah. They're, have you met them? No, I love them. They're wonderful. They're so nice. I, I think Nick Jonas. Oh, he's so cute. I have gone into a Nick Jonas leather pants Google hole <laughs> on more than one occasion where they accidentally yeah. typed all four of those yeah. words in a row he, together. He showed me how to work the brightness on my computer. Really? Yeah, isn't that funny? Because what I, is, does he just look at it and it yeah. lights up yeah, like I would he just do? Look at it. And, uh, <laughs> Nick Jonas is the he is the brightness. He is the brightness of. How, how did that happen? You were working and he's like, hey, it would be easier. And, and I was like, I don't know how to work. I think it was in the lobby of the hotel. <laughs> and I think I said, you know, with the brightness, it goes, it's right here. And he is really sweet. They all were. They were really nice guys. Good guys. That's cool. Yeah. I, I have nothing bad to say about them. There's just, they're Was great. the premiere like Beatlemania? It was very crazy. It was in <laughs> New York. Oh my God. It was like Beatlemania. There was all these girls lying in the street and they were screaming and 
it was crazy. It was so crazy, but really fun. Yeah. Yeah. That uh, I took my son with me. I took him. He came on part of the shoot with me. Yeah. And I thought, oh my god, he's good. I can finally bring him to something I'm I'm working on. Yeah. Teenagers. Yeah. And he's like. Okay, great, mom. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go back in the trailer and kind of start, you know play video games. I'm like, you just you don't want to be here. And I go, wait, he's 14 year old boy yeah. watching a Disney musical. He's not. He's it's not a sweet spot. It's not a sweet spot. And I went, okay, that's right. It yes. just was. And Demi Lovato was amazing. I think she's I, really great. I think she's really great, and I really kind and of did you dig her? She's interesting. She's weird, but I she, I already I knew she was gonna be like a big star, right? Because she, like, we do rehearsal, and she, the character's supposed to be upset. She, she'd cry in the rehearsal. And I'm th- I thought, is that because she doesn't know that she can wait? Yes, you say <laughs> But that. I think she's just really connected to her emotions. And she, she sang that song, This Is Me, but just on her guitar, the last day of the shoot, to the whole crew. and Just as, like, a little moment. Yeah, and, but she's kind of incredible as a singer. And she has a lot of, that emotion is very real. You know, she's, like, kind of the yeah. real deal. I think she could be a good Alphaba if they make Wicked the movie. She'd be amazing. Right? Maybe? Yeah. Yeah. Lily Tomlin changed your life, I read. Yes. She's a sweet person. She saw... Well, I invited her to my show in San Francisco. Blindly? Yeah. Did you know her? No, I didn't know her. But I I was such a huge fan. And she was performing in town. And I... I, You know, when you're, like, really young and you do crazy stuff, like, I'd be like, I'm an inviter. Yeah, why not? she showed up. So you sent you sent an invitation to the Somehow, theater to to her manager. I don't right. remember how. And then she showed up. She was so nice, and she said, "If you come to LA, you know, write to me. Let me know you're there." So I wrote her a letter when I moved back here because right. I grew up here, went to acting school in San Francisco, and then moved back here. And um, I wrote her a letter, and she then they said, "Okay, we're going to put you in Incredible Shrinking Woman with Joel Schumacher." And so she got me my SAG card by putting me in that movie. Amazing. Yeah, she's just. Is that the one with Galaxy Glue? Galaxy Glue, the song? It was a commercial. I don't remember. Never mind. And then I saw her again when I did Murphy Brown because she was on the last season. Nice. And I played one of the secretaries who went crazy and <laughs> locked everyone out and it went on a rampage. Yeah. And I saw her again. And then I've seen her periodically. She pops days. up at the center a lot. The yeah, the center. Stuff. And I saw her at a play. She's just a really awesome But you got uh, your sad card of that. And yeah. she showed up. Did you know she was at the show before... You've, yes. Or did you, you yes. knew before? Yes. Yeah. I was very nervous. But but it's weird. Like, why Like why would I think I could do that? I look back at some of the stuff I did when yeah, I was right? younger. And You're like, oh, God. I didn't know better. But some of it paid off. Some it, of it well, led to something. It does pay off. A yeah. lot of it pays off. Yeah. All right. You pick some questions from the ma- from the observation okay. deck. What's your favorite souvenir from a job? Oh, um, I have um, on Medusa... I have the heart that was on my dog's grave. Oh my gosh! And um, it's uh, I think his name is Skippy, but it's the like the little heart that she put on her dog's grave. What was it made out of? Concrete or something. Oh, okay. So yeah. I saved that. That's so cool. Yeah, I love and, it. And I have one other one. What? I have a, the giant rosin jelly bean. When I did Tanya Harding, and she trips on <laughs> a jelly bean. <laughs> in the satire of Tanya Harding. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It's a jelly bean that's like made out of resin and stuff like it. that big. Yeah. Are they around? Yeah, the dog thing. I know right where it is right now. Okay, we'll do it. After, the, after yeah. we wrap, I want to take a picture of it okay. to post with it. Describe your most unfortunate haircut. Oh, okay. This is when I was in San Francisco. And um, when um, my friend Sonny, and I had these two friends, Sonny and Rick. And they one of them was hairdresser. And 
we were, it was, I think, New Year's Eve, and they, Sunny brought over, it was going to perm my hair, but we brought some, one of them brought over some mushrooms, so, they, um, <laughs> so like, this is where the, the this, story goes I south. Know, I know, right, and so, he's yeah. perming my hair, and we're taking mushrooms, and right. then, you know, I, I, we're really high, and then he takes this stuff out, and I'm sitting there looking at myself in the mirror going, I look amazing, right? <laughs> I look freaking amazing. This is the best. The best ever, and I'm going to this party, and I'm like, so good and then the next day I wake up and I have this bozo hair and I just freaked out and I made him come over and we're trying to wash it out and he kind of trying to style it and cut it but I was really stuck with bozo mushroom hair was it the cut or the color both it was the texture yeah it was just that perm Uh, texture so he tried to help me get it out but I just had to live with it for a while do you blame the mushrooms yeah Yeah. totally I I think I might not have gone with that if you had been in your right mind yeah oh what was your worst audition oh okay well i kind of told you about it. it was the the earth girl screen test yeah when i had the um the makeup man from wizard of oz yeah. making me bleed oh my god <laughs> me ble- I mean, you're literally bleeding I was on the camera literally camp. bleeding oh my like god. on my eyebrows and i go you said i'm going i'm not they're not going to give me this I'm, part and this is the worst because I worked on the script for yes for three years or whatever, and then you're finally you know I've never invested yeah. this much, and then you go I'm not getting it. You talked about like doing a Valley Girl persona pre Valley Girl. Yeah. Was it something you observed? Yeah, in, in I the grew culture? growing like, up, and you're like this was, is a that, thing. That was a real thing. Yeah, and, and I can I can imitate this. Yeah, and I did. And then when the song came out, I was crushed. You was felt like, like you've been scooped. Yeah, I did. And then oh. I thought. I'm going to keep doing it anyway. Yeah. And then I came up with Homecoming Queen's Got Again. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. That's a better song anyway. Yeah. And I go, she doesn't get to just keep that character. Yeah. I was, it's my character too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because I, I, we were doing that well, character. You grew up in the valley, I right? I grew up in the valley. And like, it was kind of a character. I remember in high school, we kind of put that character on for each other. We yeah. Go, oh my God. Like, you're kind of doing it. And knowing you're doing right, it. so you were a you were a valley girl, yeah, technically, really so, but you could also see it for yeah, what it was. Yeah, and my friends, we were all doing it, so I, I decided to take it back. Yeah, I love it. Take back the valley take girl. I think back. it's so good. What did I just read about? Somebody's making a musical of it. Yeah, they are making a musical movie. Somebody emailed. A oh, musical. Stephen Wolf, a producer, is making a musical movie of Valley Girl. I know. Yeah. I don't like that. <laughs> or I want to be in it. I know exactly. It. Exactly. I know. What rookie mistakes did you make on your first jobs? Oh, okay. Well, there's when I did Happy Days, I um, that was my first like sitcom job, and right. I I don't know why I thought this play because it was the eighties. I thought I'm going to do coke. And <laughs> I, I <did. laughs> so nothing I'm, gets you right into that fifties. I Jim, know. Richie Cunningham. And, I, and I'm playing this kind of hyper character, so I did coke as. <laughs> <laughs> for the show and for, for and I'm like and the something I wouldn't even consider doing drugs like I mean you, you know that that's so early on like very soon after when I went yeah. I realized you cannot do stuff like that <laughs> but it's taped before a live audience and stuff yes and I, I don't know how did you get through it did you do okay I, it was a, a character was this girl named Susie Simmons yeah who talks like this and she's she's kind of hyper anyway so right. it's not like you wouldn't you know I didn't. I didn't do so much that I was out of it. Right. I just did so much to feel a little bit like I'm. 
I'm really. You were kind of white knuckling it a little bit. A little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it was super. Did anybody stupid. know? No, nobody knew. It was stupid. It yeah. was so stupid. And you're like, well, like you got through it and you learned. Yeah, that's the important thing. What was your most glamorous night? Oh, I think um, my MTV show. We when Earth Girls was premiering, we took the show to the. Um, is it the Grandma's Chinese then or Man's Chinese? I yeah. don't know. Chinese theater. The Chinese theater. So we had the premiere there. And all these, um, and I was doing my show. I'm like hosting my show. Oh my God, you were on fire. You were yeah, like working was, all these different media. It was amazing. Medium. So, and then all these, you know, celebrities were coming. I'm interviewing celebrities outside my own movie. And then um, I was wearing this spaceship dress, dress shaped like a spaceship. And then it was the premiere of my movie. So, I mean, I don't, I think that was the most amazing thing that ever Did happened. Did you have so screenplay credit on that? No, no, no. Yeah. I wrote it with Charlie Coffey. Right, okay. And my. Ex-husband got writing credit, whose name's Terrence E. McNally, not the Terrence McNally. Right. And he didn't write it. But yeah. he's, you know, forever Connected to it. Yeah. Even That's though fun. Charlie and I wrote it. Yeah. And so it, li- it lived up to it. it. It is great that you got to have that premiere oh, magic it was, moment. It was so amazing. I mean, yeah. people were arriving in limos and I got to interview them and, and you know, make jokes about them. And it was, it was a premiere and I was doing a show at the same time. And my family came. And, and I love that you chose to wear a really wacky dress. I, I, I know. There's this Instead designer. of like having your, you know, glam oh, no. perfect. It, no, it was a dress shaped like a spaceship. Where is it? It's, there's, I don't have it. Yeah. this guy I'm gonna see if I can find loaned it to me. But yeah. there's pictures. I love yeah. it. There's so fun. Uh, which have you been more, the dumper or the dumpy? The dumper. The dumper? Yeah. All right. I, I, I don't, I only got... Most people that pick that are the dumpy, and it's their way to talk about it. Oh, no. Very few people say, no, I'm the dumper. Oh, I guess because I went, I I, I feel a little bad about it. <laughs> it's okay. Because <laughs> um, it just... It's not working, it's not working. It's not working, and then I, I, I kind of feel like, why am I always the one that has to go pull the plug on this? It bothers me, you know? Well, sometimes people know it's over but they drag it out or something too i don't know there's so many reasons when then yeah. you just go i have to be the one to end this now <laughs> the only one where i got dumped was there was a guy that i was seeing for a very short time he was a scenic painter on earth girls are easy that's hot yeah he was I thought he was really hot he really was oh my oh. god he was really cute and it was a very short time and then he goes oh, yeah, you know my girlfriend came back and blah, blah, blah. i'm like i was i was i'm like i just want to go i'm Star of this movie, and you're dumping me. But <laughs> don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? And, and it's, well, that I didn't do that. But right. then, then I went to. Um, I had to go to New York to do an MTV thing, like. Right. And I, right when he said that, and then I thought, I'm going to push him out of my head, and I just purposely did not think about him. Yeah. And I was gone for a while. Then when I came back, I went, Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. But in general, you know, I'm the one who. All right. I know. I know. Why would I pick that? Sometimes it's got to be done. Yeah. Hey, you mentioned going to New York. You mentioned that you had a fear of flying earlier. Yeah, did I you, did. Did you sort of get over it? Yeah, I talked to... I mean, I don't... Com- I'm not completely over it. Right. Even though... But it's more manageable. It, it was really bad then. Yeah. And I, my best friend's father was a pilot. So um, he sat down with me and talked with me about planes. And and that helped me a lot. It was yeah. like the facts about it. That's and so then, interesting. And then learning the actual facts about... How many planes crash versus, like, it, it's so few. They yeah. don't crash. They virtually don't crash. So when you really know that, it, you know, you have to, if you can tell yourself that while you're feeling scared, um, 
it, it helps you a lot to know the technical things that are happening. Yeah. So I did get over it. It's still, I'm not great, but I, I don't let it stop me. I do find, I find this. When a, a plane takes off, I feel a weird sense of comfort because I know that there's nothing I can do. You know, there's, yeah, there's, no, I've had there's other, a relief to know. I've heard other people say that. It's like yeah. you're, you're really not in control. And I can surrender to it. Yeah, that's yeah. I wish I would feel that way. Or can you sleep on the plane? Mm-hmm. Sometimes. I can't sleep on the plane. I do remember the most turbulent flight I ever had. I was reading Christian McLaughlin's Glamour Post. You know, probably. Yes! And I, and I was like, I just want to finish this book before the plane goes down because it was, I was almost there. That's what I remember. <laughs> and anyway. see, and you'll never forget yeah, that Yeah, I book. remember. Uh, what was your lowest point professionally? It was the last question you picked. I did pick that? Yeah. I mean, did you not want to pick it? Um, it was in the stack. Oh, I can remember one. Yeah, okay. I think. Um, it was, it's a weird one because I was, for the game show network, they asked me to be a host. For, yeah. For one of their years where they're having game show awards, which is ridiculous right. in and of itself. Right. And um, they first they made me go interview Cloris Leachman. And right. she was at a dance studio. And I've, you know, like, I love Cloris Leachman. I mean, she's like right. amazing, right? So she, I'm, I'm waiting there with this camera crew at the dance studio. And we're vamping with the dancers. And finally she shows up like two hours late. And she's, she's got, she's come to a dance rehearsal with nine like rock necklaces on like how do you dance with things made of rocks on your chest she's really weird and she said the chauffeur dropped me off i sent him to get orange juice he clearly just shoved her out of the car because she's she was wearing bedroom slippers she's just so nutty right (laughs) and then i i'm sitting there interviewing her and she goes i and i finally said something like you're you're a hero of mine and she goes why am i a hero of yours and I go, well, you know, because you're funny and I'm an actress. And she goes, you're an actress. She goes, how can you have any part, get any parts with that hair, that color, that red? And it was super mean. Holy shit. I know. And I'm Is like. Is this on camera? Um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Probably they cut it out. Yeah. You know, because I was just interviewing. And I was just like devastated. I left going, okay, one of my idols, my comedy idols, just, just acted like. You know, I have no right to be working. Yeah. And it was I, I, it was a weekend where I got super depressed. I'm like, why am I in this business? What's the point? I have the wrong color hair. I shouldn't have made my hair brown. Like, I would have worked more. Like, I went through a whole thing. The whole, all of the, the stages thing. of it. And then on Sunday, which were the game show awards, because this was a pre-tape for the game right. show awards. I'm, I'm interviewing people in the line, the red carpet line. And it gets to Cloris Leishman. I go, hi, Cloris. And she goes, um, she just goes, hi. And I go, it's me, Julie. Because I spent like two hours with her. She goes, who? And I'm like, what the hell? Like, she just... She, she's just going to fucking keep ripping me open. Yeah, but also, she's crazy. <laughs> yeah. She just met me two days ago and, yeah. and made, made a thing like my hair is the wrong color. She doesn't recognize me with the yeah. same hair color. Yeah. Like, So I go... Okay, I'm not going to feel bad anymore. So it was like this whole arc of... Oh, good. I you, did you, everything you, wrong, and then I went, she's insane! Yeah, okay, have, I don't have to feel that bad about her. You don't have to her. buy into her opinion. No, so it was a... Yeah. And it sounds like I shouldn't have got that sad about it, but it just was one of those... It's, hit it's me a at button. The moment it, it pushes a certain Where I button. go, I would have worked a lot more yeah, if I'd had only. brown hair. And, you know, I went through this whole... Have you always been a redhead? Well... Kind of, in yeah. professionally, not always. No, when I, my first jobs, yeah. I was brunette. Yeah. Because my real hair color 
is brunette. Well, now it's a lot of gray. Yeah. Um, but whenever I make it brown, I just feel like I don't feel like myself. Right. So That's it's cool. hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's nice. I would do it for a part, but I yeah. don't keeping it keeping it brown just yeah. feels like I don't know. Love too, it. Yeah. So that I would say, but I got over it. Yeah. I interviewed her once for The Women, that really bad movie. Oh, yeah, Ryan's yeah. In. And I just remember her being kind of wackadoo. She, yeah. Nothing, she, you know. She well, yeah, I, I, I had met her before one yeah. other time years ago. but And I knew she was wacky, but I didn't know she could be mean. Yeah. And that was a day she just decided to be mean. She was going to let you have it. I know, right? That's not cool. I mean, you can't treat, I just think you have to be so careful with people that are younger that admire you. Like, yeah. You get crushed so easily, right? It's, yeah, and you could see it happen yeah. in front of them. I remember going to a Q&A, and, it was, and somebody asked a question of Steve Martin, and he was a little bit of a dick to them. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, what meant for this? He, it, it was like, oh, he doesn't remember what it's like to be the kid yeah. in the audience. Yeah, he doesn't remember. Yeah. The cool thing about Joan Rivers, one of them that I loved the most, was she remembered, she knew that them meeting her was going to make their day or their week and she gave them their moment. Yeah. She was always super gracious. I think she was brilliant. I love amazing. that about her. Yeah. I know. I mean, she, she's, I'm such a huge fan of hers. Um, what information should we give people about this musical when they come um, see it? It's, I think it's really funny. Yeah. Hunger um, Green's got I a gun, the musical. people in it. it yeah. Drogi, Sam Pancake, Beth Crosby, Natalie Land, Landers, I said her name wrong. Um, there, it's just really funny. It's going to be great. And it's, um, very singable because there's right. songs we stole 80 I lo- songs. I love it. Yeah. And, um, they can learn about it at Cabin Club Cabin Theater. Cabin Club, yeah, theater.com. Or I think if you go to juliebrown.com, you can click, it go, takes you through. I love it. And it's on October 13th and 15th and the 20th and 21st. Yes. Are tickets selling out? Is it probably sold out? I don't know. I haven't looked, but it okay. was doing really well. So All right, I'll put this they up. They could be sold out. They could be okay. gone. Um, last question. Yeah. You know, we talked about all the ups and downs of all of it. Why? Yeah. Do you, why do you do it? Because I can't help it, and all these ideas are in my head, and they're so intense that if I didn't, I would be batshit crazy. Right. I love that. Yeah. I couldn't not do it. I know? used to, I can relate to that. I used to have this image. I think when I was really felt like I was yeah. firing on all cil- cylinders creatively, that I was in a swimming pool of water balloons and I had to just keep getting the water balloons out. Like oh, yeah. those are the ideas. Yeah. But then they just kept making more water balloons. I know. I know. And now I kind of want to lay on the side for a I while. know. I know. You do kind of go, you, you just <laughs> get ideas, but you can't. Follow all of them through because you go, I know what that's going to be about, right? <laughs> right. Or I know I know where the, not the creative part, where yeah. the other part will go. I know. And it's, or I need a little, I need a little distance from yeah, that right Yeah, so, you do. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. But, Thank you so much for doing the oh, podcast. I love talking to you about this yeah, stuff. Yeah, it was fun. As I said, you're one of my favorite people oh, and uh, so I sweet. love that you come and do the mismatch game and yeah. people should go see your show. You should see my show. All right. Okay. Bye. <laughs> A big thank you to Julie Brown. I've been wanting to do that interview for a long time, and we did it. It was so great. Okay, go see her show in L.A. You can learn about that at cavernclubtheater.com or just say julie.com. And keep an eye out, San Francisco, because she's coming your way as well. Um, I did post a picture, I'm going to, of the Buster Heart thing from uh, Medusa at dennisanyone.net, so you can see what it looks like. I also just posted it to Instagram as well. All right, um, 
so this happened. I'm a member of the Gallica organization, which is gay and lesbian, uh, GLBT, um, film critics, media writers, entertainment reporters, that kind of thing. So it's a group. And they just put out a list of the 10 best films you never knew were LGBTQ. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rattle them off and see if these are the ones that came to mind when you think of that. I guess they're films that aren't on the surface gay, but are pretty gay. Okay. A League of Their Own. I have not seen that since it came out, but I think it's probably pretty gay. I mean, Laurie Petty's in it, for crying out loud. Um, All About Eve. I'm, it's gay in the witty way. Witty gay way, uh, for sure. Um, this is interesting. A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Apparently super gay. The guy was having... Freddy was giving you gay dreams, and that's what happened. Fried Green Tomatoes is super gay, apparently. And you want to hear a funny story about that? I remember seeing that movie on Super Bowl Sunday at, I want to say, the Universal City Theaters up there. And I remember there was a cute guy in the audience watching it by himself and wondering, I wonder if he's gay. And then I'm like, no, it's fried green tomatoes on Super Bowl Sunday. I think the odds are pretty uh, good that he is. Um, So weird that I remember that. Lawrence of Arabia. um, It was super gay. I finally saw that for the first time couple of years ago on the big screen and oh it's magnificent uh i just kept thinking of all that sand in my contacts rebecca the hitchcock movie i don't know that one so i need to see it and watch out for all the you know scissor sistering or whatever gay thing is in that rebel without a cause oh man salminio and james dean yes yes and yes i had a red jacket like james dean wore in that movie and i wore it to a costume party when I was a music camp counselor at Northern Arizona University during the summer. And the girl that I was kind of seeing went as Madonna with the, you know, the mesh and the gloves and the whatever. And then I was James Dean. And I did that pose with the cigarette to the side. Anyway, that's fun. Strangers on a Train, sure. Yes, I love that. Um, Thelma and Louise, we get it. You know, you've got the two ladies and then you've got Brad Pitt, just hotting up the place. Uh, Top Gun, for sure. Maverick. And uh, that, those are the top ten. Those are the ten movies you never knew were gay. So there's that. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time on Dennis Anyone. Bye. <laughs>